What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another installment of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here on this Sunday, where we said we would be to preview the MTE, the SoCal Challenge, which is tomorrow at an unfortunate midnight. I am Nick Malone, usually joined by Noah Lurch. There were some more technical difficulties we've had to deal with, so I will be doing a solo episode to preview in a short episode of all three of the teams that we could potentially play. We know we're playing one, and that is, that is the UNLV running Rebels. We'll dive into those, or I will dive into those here before long. It was good to see the team. Got there yesterday, traveled. SoCal Challenge has been keeping us up to date with the team status. And the actual team on the main account, main Twitter account, posted about them enjoying the sun and you know, enjoying, you know, their stay over there before they before they play tomorrow. They have a full day before their 10 o'clock game for them. to, uh, So they have a full day to prepare and enjoy themselves. Because uh, I just remember, or we remember as uh, last year with the Paradise Jam, which is what some other Valley teams are playing right now, playing in right now. They're, they were on a boat, you know, they're just out on the ocean and water and stuff. It's just a really cool time of year. The MTEs are always best around you know certain areas like that and the fact that we're nearing thanksgiving it's just the best time of year for college basketball so i'll dive into those matchups here before long i wanted to start off with a because there's really not a whole lot else to talk about so i'll dive into the valley games that were since we last talked maybe some we've already talked about and then ones yesterday it was a full slate yesterday and then the couple that are today as we remember talking about because of the Paradise Jam, or the two teams that are in it are Drake and Belmont. Drake escaped Buffalo on Friday, as we've said. An eight-point victory. Murray lost on a buzzer beater to UMass, who's had a nice stretch or nice start of the season in some of their games. They're a nice team. We know we played them, actually, what, around Thanksgiving three or four years ago. It was one of those games we played on Thanksgiving. UMass had a huge center on their team. We got blown out. So they, they're usually good around this time of year, I guess you could say. But Murray lost by two. Jamari Smith was great again in that game. Uh, they're just Murray will be the full package this year, as we know. So they lost, Drake won, and then Belmont lost by eight to Tarleton. We know Belmont has struggled at times. Leading up to that point, we'll get into more games they have. But they lost by eight in the Paradise Jam of that one. Saturday was another full slate. Missouri State, as we know, Matthew Lee got hurt and it was confirmed ACL out for the year for Matthew Lee. It's just devastating. We want to play teams at their absolute best. And Missouri State would have helped us because we know, you know, they can beat a lot of these teams. They beat uh, Middle Tennessee by 24 uh, yesterday. Chance Moore continues to dominate off the bench. Eight of nine from the field, 19 points. He's just a, he's a menace. And we knew that coming in. He was kind of like not talked about as much, but, uh, and then uh, Mabogo, or Mogbo, which I did to load here, trying to look at his name to pronounce, he apparently got hurt in this game. And Noah and I have talked about the impact of what James Graham could be, who was a uh, transfer from uh, a big school, blanking on it, Georgia, I think, blanking on it, uh, that he was going to be an impact player for them. And he hasn't up until, because he's been dealing with his injury, but he played in this game. I can't get anything to load right now. 
but they won, like I said, by 24 over Middle Tennessee. Evansville fought SMU, which, yeah, we know is a good American athletic team every year, but they lost like all their whole team last year, so they are from last year, so they're a new team. But Evansville fought, lost by eight. And then SEMO has been playing a lot of Valley teams, and they were at Bradley, lost by 13. So Bradley got the win there. It's unfortunate also because Bradley, or Jay Sean Henry, as we know, had been dealing with concussions the last couple years, which has kept him out of action. He's an amazing player, great player for them. One of the ultimate glue guys, but he's got the skill to back it up for sure. He had another concussion apparently, so not sure what the current status is of him. He did not finish that game. We'll see what the future holds for him. That's just awful to have. And Bradley's already dealt with their fair share of injuries. We know Rink and then Zeke Montgomery the other day, so now Jay Sean's out. But they've been finding a way. They got that win. And then UIC lost to Fordham in the uh, Tom Konchowski Classic. They lost there, and the Belmont did bounce back and got a four-point win over George Mason, which we know George Mason just has been in our minds a lot lately with you know getting X from there and then losing some recruits to there. They're a nice program. Belmont getting that bounce back win of the Paradise Jam. And the Valpo we've talked about, hot seat for Matt, Matt Loddick, uh, and they are not very good. Their personnel is not great. We know they probably lost Thomas Kithier probably a little too Late in the process, they would have been counting on him, so they're really only counting on Kobe King and, and uh, Ben Cricky. They got a four-point victory over Incarnate Word, who's not a very good basketball program. We know how good of a football program Incarnate Word is. They killed SIU football to start the year, and then now they're in the playoffs. Saw that today. So that was yesterday's games. And then, uh, let's see, Sunday's... Drake, well, so far, Murray beat Tulsa, which Tulsa had a big win. We know we played them last year. Uh, Murray got a, a big 17-point win against them. Uh, can't get ever the box scores to load right now, but I know that they had, uh, you know, we know Jamari Smith's going to be going off for them, Rob Perry. Uh, Jacoby Wood's been playing great for Murray State lately, so they will, they will be a problem, as I said, as we as we know they will. This year, Drake currently with 15 minutes left in their first half, beating Wyoming 9-3 in that Paradise Jam in their next game. And then before we talk again, it'll be obviously to recap this. Let's go over some of these more real fast. Outside of our game at midnight at 10 a.m., Illinois State plays LSU in the Cayman Islands Classic. We know that's where uh, Matt McMahon from Murray State went and... I don't think they have any sanctions this year. We know a lot of the former Murray State players went there. Familiar with a lot of their players, actually. That should And they're 3-0. and That should be a bad game for Illinois State. UNI, which we know uh, got that game canceled for, for uh, with Virginia, which Virginia came and beat Illinois in the, Vegas, in the Vegas MTE that just finished earlier. So they're good. So UNI wouldn't have won that one. But they do get San Francisco tomorrow at 11.30. Indiana State... Uh, is playing East Carolina in the Gulf Coast Showcase at 12.30 tomorrow. Belmont is getting Howard, which we know we played Howard a couple years ago. Uh, they are getting them in the Paradise Gym at 2.15, and the UIC is playing Stonehill in that one Tom Konchalski Classic at 3. And then Tuesday, UIC places Holy Cross in that classic, and then Bradley and or Bradley and Auburn, number thirteen Auburn, Cancun Challenge at five o'clock on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, but whenever our next game would be, 
Valpo gets Samford, Evansville, and UCF, or UCF beat uh, Oklahoma State the other night, which is unfortunate. It was, it was a close game, but we want Oklahoma State to win as many games as possible. Um, and then we'll talk about some more as time goes on. So that's the slate that's happening there. I did want to look because we do, or uh, as we know, we keep up with teams that we play. Let's try to find here. We know on that previous Tuesday or Wednesday what USI did, they uh, they beat some small college on Friday. We know they barely lost to uh, Notre Dame on that whatever day it was. But their role, they it was Wednesday. They lost by twelve. Just seeing what you we know USI's got a tough more tough games ahead. Just wanted to look at them real fast, but. Um, so that's that. Obviously, there's big news with Jayshon Henry's injury. And then, obviously, we just like to see how they do because we always want the Valley to play well in their MTEs. Even though whenever we, you know, if we get a, uh, a tough, uh, you know, if they get good wins, that means, you know, it could be bad news for us as time goes on. Uh, whenever we play them, um uh, you know, when the season, the conference season rolls around. So still hoping for, for nice wins. So we're hoping that continues to be the case. Now let's jump into our potential matchups for this week. Uh, obviously, we get UNLV first, so we'll dive into them first. And then the other matchups, uh, which, as we know, like I said, midnight game, 10 o'clock for them on CBS Sports Network, which is a nice, always has nice broad, broadcasts. And we know they host a lot of like deep arch madness games into the tournament and stuff. So people are familiar with them. Uh, so it is the running rebels and it's the sixth meeting all time with them. They hold a one and four record. Or we hold a one and four record against them. Not having a whole lot of luck. We know it's ironic playing them this year. That's where we got cash coupette from. Uh, obviously last year they have good, they have a, a couple good NBA players, Christian Wood, of the Mavericks, Derek Jones Jr. They don't have a whole lot, but they do have some. Always a nice program. We know they were just amazing back in the day, like in the 90s when they're undefeated and the running Rebels were just insane back then. They've kind of tread water over over the past couple of decades. They've been good here or there, but obviously they are pretty good. Usually, and the lone win we have against them was the first meeting, which was in 1968 in the Las Vegas Invitational, where we won by three points. So it's obviously a tough matchup. They're predicting 61% chance for UNLV to win. Uh, before I get into their personnel, uh, I, we, we've talked about, I think on the last one, about teams that they've played. Like I said, they are undefeated. They did beat Incarnate Word, which we talked about, not a very good program but their their next game at home against number 21 Dayton who was picked to win the Atlantic 10 this year uh beat them by eight points so obviously they're coming off a win like that they only beat a high point team which was their their kickoff like ours was Tennessee State their kickoff to the SoCal Challenge is high point they beat them by 10 on Friday then they made not too long of a travel to uh California to be where they are right now Definitely a lot closer than ours. So let's dive into the UNLV running Rebels. They have a couple guys that are scoring a double figure. Some guys we're familiar with, but they're led by, uh, let's see here. Apologies on this because got some other things going on 
in this household to stream at the time and I, it's hard to get things to load and know some of these guys names I know his last name's Gilbert can't see what his first name is but he's averaging 16 a game uh 90% free throw shooter he's shooting over 50% he's a problem they got Harkless shooting remember these names these are going to be guys that, I mean they put up a lot of shots uh and by the way, Gilbert shooting silver, and so does Harkless. Harkless is averaging 15 on five rebounds, four assists, two steals. And as a team, they're averaging 12 and a half a game through these games. So, but they are averaging 15 turnover games, shooting 42% as a team, and 71 from the free throw line. So they're about what we would be at the free throw line. We know we were 20 of 23 against Tennessee State, hoping that can remain in these games because obviously free throw shooting matters. Because if we weren't shooting the, the if we weren't shooting good from the free throw line last game, who knows how more ugly it could have been? Probably could have lost, which would have been worst case scenario. Uh, but I think they managed some of these guys' minutes right. They have a Parquette guard. It's his last name. Uh, he averages he leads them in minutes a game with thirty. Only averages six points, four rebounds, about fifty fifty on his field goals and free throws. And we know they got. You know, guys like Jordan McCabe, who's, you know, bounced around, familiar with, was a nice star recruit bouncing around. He is here, only averages three points a game, 40% from the field. But they're deep, and I'm pretty sure they have a, a lot of size on their roster. They have 6'10". Uh, they have three 6'10 guys. I mean, it's it's no different than what we'd be playing at Oklahoma State, and that was a true road game. This is a – hoping we can get some decent crowds in this tournament – but, uh, yeah, they do have, uh, you know, in terms of that atmosphere, they, we remember talking about it when we first got into this tournament that this is a, this is a, a tournament where guys are getting NIL, which is one of the few ones that actually do it to the utmost. Maybe some do it now, but they did it first, or they took pride in being able to do it first. They took pride in their atmosphere and stuff when last year was their first year doing it. So they are... Definitely take pride in this, so I think it's going to be a good show. And SoCal was tweeting back to our main account, Twitter, that was saying about about the atmosphere and how it's going to be a packed house kind of thing. So I think it's obviously the locals around there, along with potentially family members, fans from both sides throughout the whole thing. So, yeah, Kashawn Gilbert, 6'4", he's out of St. Louis. They got a couple guys out of Vegas area. Couple of Chicago guys as well. I mentioned some of the size, so they got good size. They have a guy, Jackie Johnson, who's a sophomore. He's five eleven. He's the only guy that's below six foot, so they do have nice size to them. And I'm not sure this is stuff Noah would have on him, but where they were picked in the Mountain West, uh, as we know, if you look at it now, uh, they're still undefeated with teams like Nevada and Utah State, who we know killed Bradley the other the other nights. Uh, they got uh, San Diego State was definitely picked first. They're 17th in the country. Colorado State's in there. San Jose State, Wyoming, uh, Boise State, uh, and Fresno State. So pretty quality conference. Mountain West usually always is. So they will be competing in that this year. Um so, yeah, 73 points a game they score. They get about 36 rebounds, 14 assists, 13 steals, as I mentioned. Four blocks a game. They don't, so they don't really block a whole lot of shots. And I mentioned field goal attempts. Harkless gets up about 45, 45 total, whatever that math would be per game. Him and Gilbert Rodriguez, and I mentioned Johnson the third. Luis Rodriguez averaging 10 and 7 for them, 6'6", senior. 
So, yeah, they'll, they'll be pretty active. They'll be pretty athletic, as we know. They have a center and David Mwoka, 6.7 rebounds, 53% from the field. He is good. He had 12-9 and nine in their last game, and he, he didn't do a whole lot against. So they didn't even need him in the Dayton win. So pretty talented team. We mentioned how they beat Dayton. Kim Palm Wise, not sure where they rank. We recall, though, talking before they won that game and even, well, I think it was maybe even before the USI game, we talked about how we're, where we are in Kim Palm and where our opponents could be in Kim Palm. And pretty sure no one I read off that they were back-to-back -back in the Kim Palm. It was like 115 and 16 or something like that. So they definitely have grown since their Dayton win, but it'll still be a nice win nonetheless, obviously, no matter what. So... It's a little bit of their personnel. We mentioned the all-time whatever's between the two. Uh, so, like, some gaps in between. Like, we rebound better than they do, shooting about the same percentage. I mentioned, because we think, we think we get a lot of steals a game. It's only eight. They get 12 and a half, as I said. A big gap. They will be in the passing lanes. They will be probably pressing us. We've seen teams press us this year. And they do score, which is what we have been struggling to do lately. So, the place they're playing in tomorrow or Tuesday morning. It only holds 2,100 people. That's usually the case with a lot of these MTEs. You don't play at a whole lot of big places. You just play at places that are really nice. Still just can't believe it's a midnight game. It's really unfortunate. Uh, so usually we get into like what a, I wonder what a spread could be potentially. We won't know till later, till probably, it's usually the day before. So like at midnight tonight, we would know and obviously into tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. It, it I could see us being the underdog, of course, even though we're higher than them in the uh, in the Kempom ranking, stuff like that. I could see it being like maybe a one to five point spread, either which way. I'd say we we could be three point favorites, which would seem. I mean, it's not outlandish one bit. Just knowing that they're, you know, the Mountain West is a, you know a mid major conference as well, along with us. But Mountain West has been around and have always had good teams pretty quality team. So how it's looked at in that kind of sense, but if they're going off those kind of analytics. I would say it could be about even odds, but I'll give us like a three point edge. And obviously I expect us to win because we'll get into the other teams that this is our best uh, chance of getting a nice win in this MTE, at least playing it close, but obviously trying to get the win. I asked Noah what he would say for dog of the game. And, I mean, I think throughout the whole tournament, and he said Lance Jones because Lance has been playing bad, uh, quote, to get his head out of his ass from Noah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the case. He played really good Oklahoma State. And as a team, like I said, we're not scoring a whole lot right now. But Lance has had poor shot selection and some turnovers. Definitely need Lance to play to his ultimate in this tournament and in this game for sure. I'll go with Marcus. I mean, we'll, we'll go as far as our two best guys Take us, we know they were kind of, could could have been hit or miss in an MTE last year to where we didn't really necessarily need, like, uh, you know, them to beat a team like Colorado at that time who was good. And we almost beat Creighton and a lot of good opportunities last year. This year we have some good ones as well. Not as good as last year, but hoping our personnel as a whole can come up big. And we've talked about how the minutes have been kind of shaky. Looking to see if we can get Cade in these games. For sure. I mean, that's, I would hate that we would hate to see him get 
what whatever it was seven minutes, seven to ten minutes on the last game and burn the red shirt and not have him play, especially with no Scotty and JD still. So and Clarence's foul trouble. Should see Cade this weekend. Didn't see Foster against Tennessee State that we've talked about how that's interesting. Should be obviously a full crew and all hands on deck kind of week. Uh we're hoping. And we expect Marcus and Lance to play a lot. X has been playing a lot. Just expect the full on still Everything we've been usually doing, we just got to be more efficient on offense. So those are our dogs for the week, I would say, hands down. Um, now, we're going to them because, like I said, they're the most important game because they're our first game. And, uh, you know, obviously need to get off on the right foot because it's, it's the game that uh, it's, you know, the fact that if you get this win, it can carry over into the other games. And, no, we, we said – Colorado was literally, we were not expecting to win that game. We weren't expecting to play Creighton the next game. And, you know, we beat Colorado and lost to Northeastern. So it's one of those games you can get the huge win, and then you can all of a sudden just, uh, you know, falter the next day. And we even had a day off in between after that day. So we didn't we didn't come ready to play that next day. So hoping that can be the case if we get the win against the Runner Rebels. Uh, let's talk about the Minnesota Gophers, who I would think – they play at 9.30 tomorrow against Cal Baptist, who's the other team we'll mention. They're both 3-1 and one on the year. 57% chance to win for Minnesota because um, they are obviously a Big Ten school and thinking they would have an edge against Cal Baptist uh, and thinking that Minnesota would win this game. We are 1-2 all-time against Minnesota. 1-1 one one record on a neutral floor, and our one win in the series came in 2006 during the Old Spice Classic, so another MTE. And we won by 16 points at that time. That those good 06 to 2008 teams, 06 teams set the tone for that three-year stretch. Uh, the last meeting between us was the 2016 season when we fell by 12 at the Golden Gopher Invitational, which we remember that game. Uh, so, like I said, Big Ten school, not sure where they were picked. Big Ten's heavy, and what always good, Michigan's good, Indiana's good. Uh, in a lot of schools, Minnesota's probably picked to the middle or bottom of their league. Uh, so let's dive into some matchups and we'll go ahead and just talk about both since they do play each other. Obviously, uh, they're both averaging around 65 points a game, but they, it's weird. They're honestly almost carbon copies of one another, almost to the, almost to a T, uh, which first, if I can get this out here, what Minnesota's done so far this year, they beat Western Michigan by one to start the year and they beat, some non-D1, and they lost to DePaul in a Gabbitt tip-off games on the 14th by 16, and they beat Central Michigan. I think had a buzzer beater recently. Or They're a nice school. They won by eight on Thursday before this game. And then, uh, oh, I guess we'll just we'll talk about more than that. I mentioned they're a carbon copy of one another. They both, Minnesota averages 15 assists a game to Cal Baptist is 12. Uh Rebounds 35, Cal Baptist 37, Minnesota. Field goal percentage 45 for Minnesota, 40 for Cal Baptist. Like I said, they score about 65 a game. They both allow about 60, 61 a game. Uh, steals, they exactly 4.8 apiece. Uh, and then blocks, similar as well, 4 and 5 respectively. So I mentioned 9.30 game for them. Let's look at some of Minnesota's. Uh, personnel. Dawson Garcia, who we know started his career at Marquette, then he spent a year hurt at NOAA's North Carolina last year. But he is here, which we knew, and it's it's funny because 
there's another guy on here which we were heavy on in the portal when he I wouldn't say heavy we were interested in him in the portal and that was Talon Cooper which him and Garcia are definitely are the two to watch out for they lead them in scoring they also lead them in every other stat Dawson Garcia gets 30 minutes a game 18 a game seven rebounds two assists one block he's obviously a really good talent shooting Shooting 44% from the field, though, and then Taylor Cooper, 12 a game in 34 minutes. Really talented. We know he came from Moorhead State when they they had, and they're still picked to win the OVC, and they lost Johnny Broom to Auburn. Bradley will be seeing him soon, and then obviously Taylor now to Minnesota. Minnesota's always had, and we know they had, used to have Richard Patino. Uh, they had, have had good players. They've had uh, Old Boy that is now at uh, Vanderbilt. That used to be at Drake. No one or why I can't think of him. No one would be able to just help me with it in the moment of thinking of his name. Uh, big man. Let me go actually go. Let me go back and look. I can actually go back and look at old teams. It was Liam Robbins, who was second on their team at scoring two seasons ago. Like I said, he's at Vanderbilt. So they used to have him. So they, they, we've been familiar with them. And we know as Illini fans about Minnesota a little bit. Definitely need to beat them, though. Uh, or I said from I guess I looked at that from Illinois' perspective, maybe not ours. It'd be a night. It'd be an incredible win, obviously. Taylor Cooper averages eight assists a game, which is insane. That's got to be one of the tops in the country. He's not very big. He's only, or I say that if it'll get it to load here, whatever size he is, I'll get that to load in a second. Shooting forty-seven percent from the field, but their third leading scorer is, let's see here, is. Farrell Payne, 6'9 freshman, he shoots 82% from the field, which is kind of insane. Uh, so, But he averages 8 a game, 5 rebounds, 1 assists, 50% from the free throw line, though. Taylor Cooper as a guard is shooting 50%. I know that's maybe in a shorter sample size so far this year if he's even able to get fouled. And Dawson shooting 69. They are 54% as a team from the line. They have a guy... Uh, Henley, let's look here. Uh, Jaden Henley, also a freshman, 6'7", leads them with 80% free throw shooting. Everyone else is, like I said, Dawson's 69. Everyone else is 50 or lower. 54%. So it'd be nice to get, if we're going to get in foul trouble in this game, if we play them, it'd be nice to, you know, maybe that could be an advantage on our end. Uh, they have a couple guys. Um, Let's see, I switched to a click. I gotta go back and forth here. Joshua Ola Joseph, another freshman as well. He averages seven and a half a game in 20 minutes. Henley 26. They got a couple guys that finish out the roster that average about five and a half down to three points a game. Uh, so they're tough. I mean, they, they don't score a whole lot of game, actually. They they're led by two guys, two guys we know, uh, but they don't shoot it great they shoot at 45 percent as a team which i guess isn't awful but they're a terrible free throw shooting team and they shoot 36 percent from the field so it's really just dawson garcia taylor cooper you always got to worry about other guys as well but you definitely got to worry about those two i can see those being matchups of marcus with dawson garcia unfortunately who's a good talent and marcus's defense as we know and dawson guarding him on the other end uh, and then taylor and x or taylor and lance that, that seems like a uh that definitely seems like a spot for Lance to get up on. Let me go back to their previous game against Central Michigan and who they started, though, and who we can maybe expect them to start outside of those two main guys. If I can get it to load as well, it's really unfortunate. I apologize for not having the immediate answers for some of these. 
if I can get it to load. Err, it's frustrating. So that is what it is. But like I said, those two guys you got to worry about. We'll find out who they start tomorrow. Uh, but obviously a good team. And like I said, expecting them to beat Cal Baptist, you do never know. But you never – I mean, MTE, Cal Baptist isn't bad. We'll get to them right now. They are 3-1 and one on the season as well. Their best win probably came – didn't probably. It definitely came against Washington, as we know, a Pac-12 school. That's 3-1 and one as well, their first loss of the year. Nine-point win for Cal Baptist on Thursday. Great win for them. They beat uh, CSU Northridge by seven on Tuesday, and they beat a couple – or they beat a – let's see, uh, is that a non-D1 team? Uh, not sure. They beat them by 16, and they lost to Long Beach State to start the year, which was their first loss. Uh, but they, like I said, they did beat Washington, though. So, big win. Let's get into some of their personnel. They got, or hold on, real fast. This is this is the first meeting ever with Cal Baptist. If we play them, we've never faced off with them ever in uh, program history. So, that's always fun to have games like that. Let's look at what they have to offer. They have, let's see here, Quintana. Is their leading scorer with 15 a game. And Armstrong, keep an eye out for this Armstrong. He dropped 18 in that Washington game. He's their second leading scorer with 14 and six rebounds, five assists. We mentioned what they do. They kind of match Minnesota in a lot of things, but they have some talent. A lot of, uh, it appears a lot of upperclassmen on this. Uh, I say that seeing only three, so they're kind of young. A lot of these guys look like they're older. Taryn Armstrong, 6'6", sophomore. And Trey Armstrong. I'm assuming brothers here. I talked about uh, Quintana, Joe Quintana. He's one of the seniors. He looked like a senior, and he is 6'2", 175 guard. They have a seven-footer. I'm not even going to bother pronouncing his name. Another 6'10 guy. So I mean, they got size to them as well. They don't have anybody below six foot, but they do have uh, at least one six-footer. So they got nice size to them as well. I can definitely see them beating Minnesota. We mentioned Minnesota. Whether they're three and one, but they just played like I've just seen a lot of tweets about people saying how they've struggled at times. They have a fifty-seven percent chance in this game. One thing about Joe Quintana is he shoots thirty-two percent from the field. So if you just look at it in general, he shoots shoots about he's only I think as a team they're pretty they're pretty widespread out. He's only shot thirty-seven times. But obviously not at a great clip in leading them. It's a game we should definitely win, though, if we play them. But if they're riding off a Minnesota win, and we are as well, I'd say that we're more likely to face them in a loser's game than a winning game. If we beat UNLV and they beat Minnesota, that'd be, like, obviously the two biggest, quote-unquote, upsets of this to face off. Uh, so if you're betting, lowly odds probably to face Cal Baptist as winning teams, but you never know with some of these games. So like I said, that game's at 9.30 in the CBS Sports Network, and then I'll wait and see on Wednesday what those games play out and what the games are. I talked about who our dogs of the week should be in this game. No question should be our top two guys that have to lead us. We're coming off. We know the season we've had so far, uh, and you know, up and down. We mentioned offense struggling, murky rotations. Shot selection. Our defense has been great, though. I mean, it was a, let's see here, top five defensive efforts under Brian Mullins. This was a stat that came out. 
Tennessee State was number one, just ahead of Illinois Wesleyan, which we know non-D1 was 30% uh, in Bryant's first year. Had them shooting 73 times and only made 22 of them, 30%. Tennessee State was 15 of 53 for 28, which is the highest. We had Loyola last year in those and some of these crazy games, that home game we had. Uh, and obviously all of these games are at home, by the way. It's tough to do, you know, have this kind of great defense on the road. But we did it at home against Loyola at 31.3 last year. Valpo, Brian's first year, 32%. And UTSA, UTSA and the MTE three years ago. Marcus and them's freshman year with that Barry Barrett Benson led team in the first year. We were there. It was fun. Held UTSA. That was the game we didn't expect to win, but we did and held them to 30% shooting. So a lot of good efforts so far with defense. We know that's our calling card, but we know we got to score more this year than we have. And we're averaging around the same or less than we did probably three games in last year. So need to step it up in that regard. No questions about it. Uh, so looking to do that against, and like I said, the running Rebels are the team we're focused on most because they're the guaranteed team we play. We are guaranteed to play one or the other. It's just, or one of the other two, but it's just a matter of, uh, you know, waiting to see who that is. But it's the fact that we get UNLV, which is probably the best matchup of the weekend. Both teams coming off, uh, you know, those beginning games of the co- of the uh, SoCal that they host. Short, it was, a, and we mentioned jet lag can kind of play a factor in some things in both sports we've talked about, but uh, I don't think that's the case here. It wouldn't be the case. Obviously, you get there, you have a whole day and like almost another full day's rest. Uh, so that's no excuse, just knowing that UNLV didn't have to travel as far and they're riding hot off of a couple good wins. They are undefeated as we are not. So it'll, it'll be a fun test. Midnight CBS Sports Network tomorrow. It's very interesting and the potential of what this could be obviously can help. We want to, and these are outside of SLU and then whatever it could be in the conference and Drake, you know, being ahead of us and Ken Palmer, the only one that sticks out potentially, uh, you know, these are the best opportunities for us the rest of the year. We know in the COVID year, you can just have a game like Butler who maybe that wasn't the best game at the moment, but it was a game just to spark it, you know, to spark the potential of a, uh, of a nice win randomly from stuff like that. So these are the best chances we're going to get the rest of the year to have quality wins. You ride the Oklahoma State win and then see the USI loss, which USI is going to be really good in the OVC. So we mentioned they can't play postseason ball, but um, just the fact that they're going to be competitive. And they could very well win their conference tournament probably as time goes on, but just can't play in the big tournament. So like up Ellerman was last year. So it should be fun. 12 o'clock CBS Sports Network. We'll try to stay up for it and tweet. If not, if we fall asleep, we'll see what the end result was, go through it, and have a recap of not only that game, but hopefully, uh, just because we won't come to you guys next, so it'll be that game, you know, the late game, and then should be like a 9 or 10 o'clock game, our time, hopefully, on Wednesday, win or lose, uh, to be able to you know, be able to tweet that game and fully see it with our own eyes to be able to prepare to recap it probably on Thursday of of this, or I say that, and it's Thanksgiving. So it might be on Friday, which is also a tough day to do it. So it honestly all depends. We might come to you on Saturday. It'll be probably a while before we talk to you guys again due to that reason, but I think it's best to just recap all matchups, potential matchups, 
and do it after like we did because it's tough to do it in between even though this game's got time in between but we just like to recap everything as time goes on so it is exactly what we will do so again no noah today he'll try to come back we've had been we've having some issues with zoom i'm filming this on a different thing uh so hopefully we can come to you guys with both of us in there the next time with no issues like i said it'll probably be a little over it'll be close to a week it might be next weekend who knows? It's a busy time for our work, along with Thanksgiving, as we said. Makes it tough. So we'll try to get to you guys and find a nice time to recap all this again. So we're looking to we're looking to win this thing. Looking to definitely get a nice win against UNLV and then take it from there. Uh, just have a chance to win and try to build up this resume more and more after that nice Oklahoma State win. And just rack them up. Try to get as many wins as possible because we mentioned the 18 and a half was the range of wins we want this year. Looking to hopefully get that again. So Lance and Marcus, dogs of the week, hoping to bounce. Hopefully they can get going because if they don't, we will not win more than likely. Got to score more, keep defending well, and we will have a good chance this week. So for Nick Malone, we'll come to you guys again sometime in the next week to recap this MTE that we're hoping to win it. So until next time. Go dogs.